Scott. He's Lee. And Sally's and here. here. What up? <laughs> Hi. And we're... No, here. choose your druid again. You're ruining it. Your favorite catchphrase from the 90s. What's up? <laughs> Showing your age there, dear. <laughs> no, it was 80 Bryant. Come on, guys. Oh, that's, that's a little more update. Okay. <laughs> Where's the beef? Um... <laughs> And, wait, stop. And we're here to save the movies. Oh, episode 17. <laughs> Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Woo! What he said. All right. We have a new person. She's throwing off our whole dynamic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not really sorry. She she is joining us, uh, Sally. Hi. She was watching Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs with us, and she was like, "This is a really good movie." And we're like, "Do you want to be on the podcast?" And she was like, "I don't." Yes. (laughs) I was yes. I was a random stranger walking by, Mm -hmm. and I saw. I peeked in through the window, and I saw them watching my favorite movie, Mm -hmm. and I broke in. And they didn't even notice. That's how good Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is. But Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs for no man. <laughs> By the way, I, I encouraged you to say the catchphrase. And that's and then when everything spiraled out of control. <laughs> you, you encouraged her to make kid the catchphrase, and then you made fun I'll of take, her. I'll take 30% responsibility for that. <laughs> I like the catchphrase. I just think it disrupted the intro. But we'll get through it. It's all right. <laughs> I think we should talk about it some more. All right. So this week we watched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. You know, I, I've, I've liked all the movies we've done, some more than others. I think some are really underrated. And so, but this is I just one of my favorite movies, period. I love this movie. All right. Um, and the writer is uh, Phil Lord, who also did the Lego movie. Son of Zorn. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the co-creator of Son of Zorn, Last Man on Earth, Out of Time, Making History. I think he's Making History. Making History by the two guys with the time machine. That's a double um, bag. Yeah. They're just, they just do weird things, and they make them work. Yeah, and the writing in here is so clever. Um, yeah. That's, that's probably my favorite bit of the movie, is just the the jokes are just so well-timed and Yeah, and the direction really is clever. really solid, too. I mean, everything about this movie is, is just, I think, spot on. I mean, really, we could just stop right now and all agree. Yeah. Watch this movie. Yeah, do it. <laughs> love it, or you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're gonna spend an hour and a half doing something. You'd be better served watching the movie. <laughs> well, well, okay, listen to the podcast. <laughs> at different, I don't know. Listen to the half of the podcast and watch the movie, right? But keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna add something to it. I think our observation will make you appreciate this movie better. That's what we do. But it is a for great most movie. movies. I think our observations add something to the movie, but. I think we can still do this it. This movie stands on its own. I think so, but I think it's still. I think it's it's about convincing people. And I think it's a great it's a great movie. It, it is a great movie. I've seen it several times, and every time I watch it, I see something new. And like you know, sometimes people say that, but no, like legitimately, there are so many jokes that are well thought out and well written. Even just the background, mm. it has jokes, and then none of the characters comment on it, and that's why it's so clever. <laughs> is they're not like, hey, here's a joke. Did you get it? Did you get it? You know, it yeah, reminds no. me of Archer a little bit, just yeah. because it's so packed with jokes. Yeah, it's just nonstop, and it's not—it's not too much. <laughs> no, no, it's not. They're still grounded in a certain reality and a certain sense of not losing the story. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's really hard to imagine. I mean, they don't tangent. Right. It's not just like they're not. None of the jokes are random, and when they are random, they're still related to what's going on. Yeah, or they will be. Right. Yeah. They're either character-driven 
or absurdity driven or plot driven. And they all tie in. That's one of the things I love about this movie. As a writer, the fact that it, it ties so neatly together naturally and in such an amazing way, really underrated. Because every joke ties into either a character moment or a plot moment always go together. They all tie together. And a lot of times they're doing more than one of the same thing. They're doing everything. And it, it's just so, so, so naturally that it's easy to take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah, I think a good example is there's, at the beginning of the movie, we see a bunch of his, like, failed inventions. Yeah. And they show up throughout the movie mm-hmm. over and over again, and it's always great. <laughs> so there's, they, these things don't seem, they, they seem tangential at first, but the, a but lot of them not. are just yeah. integral to the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really, yeah, it's impressive writing. Yeah, and, and everything. I mean, and the, uh, so, well, I mean, we can just get to it. We all agree. The best thing about this movie, we've all talked about this. Normally, try, Scott and I try to pick something different. <laughs> and we tried to get Sally to pick something different. But we all agree, this movie, the thing about it that's great is every fucking thing in this movie. <laughs> I'm going to swear about yes. this stupid kids movie. <laughs> yes. No. Every, the design, the music, the voice acting... Everything in this movie, I just love it. Yeah. The art direction, yeah, the, art direction, the, the artistry, it's it's so incredibly thoughtful. Like looking, there's a moment where Flint has like an olive helmet, and the texture on the olive with the little tiny little spots, it's just so mm-hmm. like dead on. Like the people who built, who made this movie, looked at food, right? You know, and they made it like the the ending scene where they're doing the sort of assault on the food Death Star. It's like all those food <laughs> elements are both incredible. Like they're, when they're exploring the inside of the food Death Star, it looks like this terrifying, scary place made of food. And it's just so well done. Yeah, Sally pointed out uh, during the movie there's like a spaghetti storm. <laughs> yeah. And the spaghetti was stuck to the walls the way you, <laughs> spaghetti would stick to a wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you were cooking it in your kitchen. Yeah, you're like, is it done yet? Bloop, there, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got their spaghetti wall, right? <laughs> <laughs> Designated spaghetti wall. So, uh, what was your least favorite thing? Uh, it made me want to go out and get a donut <laughs> <laughs> and some spaghetti and a cupcake and ice cream. I, I think, you know. This is some good looking virtual food. Yes, it is. It it's... looks good. Like, I'm really I'm like, food falling from the sky? That sounds gross. In this movie, I'm like, I'd eat that. that... The hamburger that good fell out of the sky? Yeah. Oh, no, it had tomatoes on it, so it was gross. You can get yours without tomatoes. Ooh, I could have a special order. Somebody makes a joke in the movie about the food coming out from the sky um, and says, something, something sanitary. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, very sanitary. It doesn't. Well, it's magical food that never decomposes, apparently. So, you know. I feel like after the first burger storm two days later, it would not be very... I think they addressed that. Yeah. He had the, left, uh, left the, the device that yeah, yeah. flung the food away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, there was the scene where he they're in the kind of junkyard, and you can see there's like a bacon over here and a tomato over here. And I'm like, that bacon is at least three days old. <laughs> <laughs> so what you think, your, your suggestion is that the science of how to get a chance to be Well, I mean, to be fair, it is mutant is, food. It is not... Created from water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the genetic material of water. Water doesn't have... Wait a minute, this movie's terrible. Now I don't believe any of it. I don't know, there's a lot of organic material floating around in water. I think they embraced the science bullshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. In a, in a beautiful way. Uh-huh. What, was, what was your least favorite thing about the movie? My least favorite thing is that Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is friggin' fantastic. 
and Cloudy 2 is, eh, okay. Yeah, that was disappointing. <laughs> Accurate, yep. I mean, I didn't expect it to be as good. But at the end, it's like, it's it's a cute, forgettable movie, whereas Cloudy... I don't even remember Cloudy I remember. Too. I remember there's some things I loved about the, the Cloudy, too. There's, there's a leak in the I boat. Loved, That's the only thing. I loved, I loved the, the animals, and I loved those creative stuff, but, but the plot in this writing was just not nearly as spot on. Mm-hmm. It looked it, like it had potential yeah. when I saw it. I'm like, yes, I'm down for a safari through yeah. <laughs> like anthropomorphic food world. <laughs> but it just didn't quite pay off the same way. Yeah, um, that's my So my words is that it had a great, great movie with an okay sequel. <laughs> <laughs> an okay There's going to be an animated series. Ooh. And I don't know anything about that yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's good. But you don't know. It might not have the same people. Or, but it, could, might, it still might be good. I don't know. I just I love the character, so maybe... I'm up for more mad science adventures <laughs> with Flintlock Wood. Would Would you say that the the second movie was basically like food furries? There's no such thing as food furries. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're, there probably is. But... They weren't having sex with the food. <laughs> no. You don't have uh, to have sex have with things. God, God. You're so judgmental about I'm, the furries. I'm so sorry, our one fan. <laughs> Wait, you think he's a furry? <laughs> Absolutely. Got a lot of he of or she. I'm sorry. Put a lot of pressure on this one fan about who they are. I'm sorry. And he's not my fan or anything. He's never heard of me before. Already, I feel like you're single white female in <laughs> Yep. Next week, Scott and Sally save the movies. <laughs> and I'm then we, here too. No, we're not. Don't worry. And then the week after that, it'll just be Sally save the movies. <laughs> With uh, Scott and Lee editing. <laughs> she does not know how. Please don't be this. <laughs> is this one of the long, awkward pauses you talk about? No, this is not. This is not this. Okay. Oh, it'll get longer and awkward. Right? <laughs> and they get cut out, so it doesn't matter. Perfect. Um, so are we going to, I mean, what is there to say about this movie? Besides, yeah. if you haven't watched it, watch it. I don't know what to say. I'd like to talk about it in detail, but that's a spoiler break, because otherwise... Mm-hmm. You don't care what my least favorite thing was? What was your least favorite thing? <laughs> I don't, though. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> the loan's gone. What was your least favorite thing? <laughs> no, I don't. No. My least favorite thing is I'm going to have to go to work tomorrow, and I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> During the afternoon. Yep. <laughs> I, you, need, here, you need to get an iPod Nano with a tiny screen, and then you can keep it in your pocket. I like where your head's at. <laughs> That's... That is where I, I used to watch TV at my old job, <laughs> and nobody was like, oh, it's a tiny iPod. She wouldn't possibly be watching the entire Ben 10 series on it, and I was. <laughs> so. Suck it, society. <laughs> That's right. She doesn't care who she steps on. That's right. Is that a grown-ass woman watching a children's cartoon? Yep. Ben 10 wasn't a children's cartoon. Ah, uh, you spit in society's <laughs> eye, sir. But I agree with you. It's a very thoughtful show. But yes, much like much like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs gets maligned. Well, let's maligned. not get it that high. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. gets maligned for being children's show. Like this is this well, is well, Cloudy animated, suffers cartoony. Well, animated anything it, animated. It, well, and not just that. Cloudy dares to have a really unique aesthetic. Yeah, because you know the the you know I have the DVD and the commentary track. They talk about how. They deliberately designed it with like sort of a Muppet feel. Yes. Like the people are very rubbery and they've got very Muppet-like features. Yes. Because what happens is, is people tend to equate whatever the gold standard of animation as the default standard of animation. 
So like Pixar, Pixar is sort of the gold standard and created for CGI animation. And so if somebody doesn't does something that looks like Pixar, people think it's not as good. Right, right. Even though this is a very deliberate choice in this movie. Yeah. And it works because it, it fits with the whole appeal of the, like the absurdity, the surreal, this could easily have been done with Muppets yeah. in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so surreal. And that's the way it works. I mean, they they embrace that aesthetic really well. Yeah, I think I, I actually, I made that comment, like, one of the first seven times that we watched this movie. Because when it came out and we got it on DVD, Alex just watched it. Uh, on or repeat. was it Lee? Or was it Lee? <laughs> hey guys, Alex and Lee. Uh, is Lee his alternate, like, ego? Are you are you mirror universe, Alex? Uh, I'm mirror, mirror universe. Look, sometimes we're podcasting with Alex. Okay, it's sometimes. Sometimes it's Lee. we're podcasting with Lee, and sometimes it's Ailey Martinez, who's an amazing author. Uh, <laughs> see, I plug somebody. Yay! <laughs> um, that guy's books are the best. They're the best. They're the bees knees. Uh, no, but but we're watching uh, Claudia. The only thing that can turn me away from Claudia with a chance of meatballs is uh, Gil's All Fright Diner. <laughs> Or the Constance Verity trilogy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, no, no. Uh. Jeez. I mean, I agree. Any fine quality endorsements? You're like, you're over here going. They're not that great. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that great. I'm not that great. Um, no, I was gonna say like we we watched uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs when it came out on uh, DVD because we didn't. We're not Blu-ray people. Um, <laughs> Uh, y'all, y'all. we didn't have indoor plumbing <laughs> no. for six years. <laughs> Blu-rays are pretty bougie. Yes. <laughs> no, um, and I even was like, these guys look like Muppets. Like, Flint's dad specifically looks like Sam the Eagle. Well, he's got a similar... Yeah, he's yeah. got a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, it feels like the choice they made in uh, World of Warcraft to have like a specific kind of cartoony yeah. Yeah. feel yeah. to the characters. Well, that's one of the things I, I think that gets missed out on in animation is animation allows you to create unique aesthetics that you can't get in real life. I mean, in real life, people look like people. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to make them not look like people. It's and unfortunate I think, sometimes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I think that sometimes animation is underutilizing the ability to create from the ground up a unique aesthetic. Incredibles, which is, again, probably my favorite movie, is that too where they actually had a caricaturist come in and help design the characters because they were like, Brad Bird was like, I don't need them to be exactly like people. I need them to just sort of embody these sort of ideas. And so the caricaturist came in and had all the sketches. And that's why, you know, like you look at Mr. Incredible and that, he's got he's got Flint Lockwood nose, really. He's got this huge nose <laughs> that kind of just takes up all of his face. Yeah, and that can actually be pretty important. Yeah. Uh, you can recognize those character silhouettes in uh, and yeah. active scenes and stuff like and that. And it also portrays a lot of personality. Like, like, because even though Flynn Lockwood and Mr. Incredible had those big noses, <laughs> Mr. Incredible has this huge, like, Roman nose, this sort of powerful face. And Flynn Lockwood's got this sort of geeky, like, nerdy face. Yeah. Yeah, and it, crazy hair. Yeah. It's just like a little ball of felt stuck to his face. Right. And it's, and, and you're right, it's like, in both cases, because they're, they're character, cartoon characters, they can't have all the details a human can have, but by just having a few really important details, they... They make him stand out. And everybody in this movie has that. I mean, uh, Earl, who's played by Mr. T, has uh, a great... I love like, Earl. He's like my favorite character. Cal. I mean, like... He's okay. You know, he's a, he's a cute kid. kind of whiny. Yeah. All the characters. I've got a tummy ache. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Jeez. Amateur hour. <laughs> 
Uh, should we spin the wheel of metaphors? Oh boy, oh, let's oh, do oh, boy. it. Let's find out what this movie was really about. <laughs> this is exciting. It's so exciting. <laughs> Have we done March Madness? March Madness. March Madness. What's it's it's March. <laughs> I don't think so. We got watching this movie in March. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> you got anything? So, what everybody loves about March Madness, I was just listening to NPR, what everybody loves about March Madness is that it's a one and done sort of elimination thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I know the sports. Right. And uh, <laughs> You what, didn't know that? It, it's one and done in the structure. So, people actually just really enjoy the structure. Like, that. Eh. Basketball, whatever. You know, everybody does their little bracket thing, and then somebody at the pool at the office is the guy. The guy that wins is the person who doesn't know anything about sports. So, what I think the metaphor here for March Madness is is that it's 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 structured in that like he places the orders for the food, and then it just gets bigger and bigger, and just like the, for the final four, the final raising four, the stakes. Yeah, he just keeps raising the stakes, and you don't know who's. I gonna, see what you did there. Yeah. Zing! Raising the stakes. <laughs> so he's raising the stakes. So there's and there's a final conf- confrontation and the final four that go. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but there's the four characters that go in to beat you know the bad guy. There you go. So I did it. You're welcome. That is extremely tortured, but because I am not as familiar with the sports. As I would like to be, apparently. I think you're just going to have to take her word for it. <laughs> take your word for it. Woohoo! <laughs> I was kind of thinking that all of his inventions were uh-huh. competing against each other. Yeah. Uh. To find who would be the best. <laughs> oh, you know what? And it was the underdog that wins. Too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm on board the, with this. The food machine is favored yeah. to yeah. take the bracket. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. I wish I knew sports teams because then and I'd the be... rat birds. <laughs> the rat birds. <laughs> Are the, the underdog rappers. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. That's brilliant. Yeah, yours is terrible now. Yeah, dreadful. I'm sorry. I knew three facts and I, about valid. March Madness and I said them out loud. Yes, my downfall was knowing not enough. Like humanity. <laughs> I think Cloudy is a good movie. It doesn't have to mean anything. Uh, well, you know... Uh, was the communism? Oh, I feel like something serious is it's communism. Out. Is it is it socialism? It's socialism it's... because he creates this utopia where there's free food for everybody. He doesn't make a dime, by the and, way. And what happens is he almost destroys society. It's actually he a creates nightmare. he creates a post scarcity society, and it leads to a our, our downfall. And the mayor represents the government. I want to watch one of these movies without it. The mayor out. literally represents the government. Yes, <laughs> he's literally, but he gets bigger. See, that's what happens with big government. Tries to take over. I'd like to watch one movie without it being an <laughs> Anne Rand allegory. Well, you know, she gonna, was a visionary. You're gonna have to watch it without Alex. So <laughs> she was a visionary. She knew. <laughs> Flint Lockwood's act of charity was actually an act of of cruelty. <laughs> He should have embraced his own exceptionalism. That's right. He should have only made food for himself. <laughs> that's, oh. the, that's the real kindness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, we did with the metaphor. Yeah. We did. Our tortured, tortured metaphor. God, communism fits so well. <laughs> well, really, if you get down to it, everything 
communism or any kind of political system fits in any kind of story because almost every story can be an extent examination yeah. of that. Well, the wheel metaphors is about a fifth political system. Yeah, so, yeah, for a reason. But it fits better than March Madness. <laughs> yeah, that was. Why was that on there? Because <laughs> anything can mean anything. Uh, well. <laughs> Clearly not, because we had a rough time with that one. Just because we couldn't figure it out doesn't mean it's not true. Uh, yeah. It's true. Our fan might figure it out. <laughs> Our fan. Our fan. I, was, I apologize, fan. I have no ownership she of is, you. She is inserting herself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think I'll be offended. Oh. By the way, I don't think we have ownership of the fan either. Oh, well. <laughs> no. <laughs> That is not part of their, their podcast listening requirement. If anything, it's the other way around. Right. <laughs> we need our fan. Yeah. It's not going to be like like if our fan comes and asks for a kidney, I'd probably have to give it to him or her. <laughs> not the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can have the kidney. You can. You have to download the next way episode. That's right. No deal. <laughs> One? Maybe. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so, I don't want to miss it this time. Let's let's do some plugs. Okay, what have we got to plug? Ailey uh, uh, Martinez has a book again. <laughs> I have many books available. <laughs> Still, uh, Constance Verity is the latest. Last Adventure, Constance Verity is the latest. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Ailey Martinez. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can also find me at Facebook as Ailey Martinez. You can also find my official fan Facebook fan page. Uh, a. Lee Martinez Action Force Clubhouse. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, well, the Action Force. My, my fans are the Action Force. We're, we're going to get patches someday. And um, my <laughs> website, aleemartinez.com. And that's about it for me. It's very consistent. Uh-huh. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, follow at Save the Movies. If you'd like to email us, you can do so at podcast at savethemovies.com. Our website is savethemovies.com. And our Facebook page is being built <laughs> soon. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> All right, that's it for plugs, right? Sure. So we'll take our spoiler break now. I, I made that a question because I asked Sally earlier, but I remember she didn't want to plug anything. I don't. I don't really have anything to plug except you know it would be super great if we got some. If you like this podcast like I do, you should go to iTunes and give us a preferably five star review. Oh, uh, how what a great idea! And if we like your review. You might be on the podcast if we happen to know you and you're in the same mood as as we watch a movie. <laughs> but not if you're a random stalker who just peeks through the window and then breaks in to sit and watch their favorite movie. Because that would... It's one and done. You can't do it. It's March Madness. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's take a spoiler break. All right. Da da da. Wow, you do that live? I thought it was a recording. <laughs> it's like Michael Winslow's right here. You're learning, you're learning all the secrets. Oh no. I've looked behind the Michael curtain, Winslow. guys. It's the bleeps and the bloops. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. Alright, let's talk about the movie. Uh, okay, so it opens up with the, uh, the backstory of the character. Like, uh, we learn about Flint Lockwood iconoclastic invention, you know, and it opens up again with the invention of the spray-on shoes, which is the invention that saves the day at the end, <laughs> but you don't know it at the time. And it's just, I love the idea that he's like, uh... It's like nesting doll callbacks. Right, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the idea where he's like, uh, 
what's the worst thing facing our community because he's a little kid <laughs> untied shoelaces <laughs> he's praying on the shoes it cuts to the class and they all have they their all shoes have untied, untied shoes they're like yeah <laughs> and this is before we know Brent is a jerk he's like how are you gonna get him off loser <laughs> And he never does. And he runs right through the whole movie, which again is great. It's a, it's a, because it's a, and I love that part where he's like, is that line? I wanted to run away that day, but you can't run away from your own feet. <laughs> the other thing Brent says that I love, he wants to be smart, but that's lame. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is that Lego movie aesthetic where they'll just, <laughs> they'll just, Make explicit plot points, yeah. which seems like a mistake, but it's always well because hilarious. it's from the mouths of like the idiot, <laughs> yeah. Like, but like it's like the idiot Brent having an actual point. Uh, although, like many science inventions, it's really about the applying of it, the engineering. You think about it, like post-it notes were failed superglue. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Yep. So Pen- penicillin was because somebody was too lazy to close a window when they went on vacation. <laughs> yeah, a lot of like artificial sweeteners. Yeah, stuff like that. Or Bulletproof glass was an accident. In fact, like the guy poured the stuff into the thing and it hardened, and he was like, "Yeah, whatever." And he was just using it as a hammer, a hammer in the lab until somebody's like, "Hey, let's maybe we could use like monetize this maybe." Have we tried shooting it? I think the lesson here is we should put a bunch of chemicals in a room with a thousand monkeys <laughs> and then walk away. Happens. Then walk away for a vacation. Come back, see what the monkeys have gripped us. Actually, isn't that what science is, really? It's mostly it. It was just Pretty a bunch much. of primates banging at rocks until they get automobiles. Pretentious primates. <laughs> and the internet. And then they're like, see how clever I am? No, not really. I meant to do that. That's right. One of the things I love about this movie is that they keep coming back to this, like the nerds are ostracized. Yeah. In a way that, that makes a lot of sense. Right. I feel like it's better in this movie than it is in a lot of movies where that's like the focus of the movie. No, no. I like it because... It's it's not an explicit thing about being smart is important. It's, it's more like, you know, be yourself and how, how being misunderstood. Right. Right. And just, they just have to be smart kids. Yes. Yeah. And society will ostracize you to some extent I mean, for being different. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Flint did cause some serious property damage. <laughs> well, sure, but I mean, to start, he's kid. just a kid spraying a shoes kid? on his feet. Well, not when he was a kid. I don't know, man. I think there would probably be hospital bills involved with going to the hospital trying to get him off of him at some point, and then they're just like, oh, whatever, this is his but, life now. It's your life. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, they make fun of the, the weather girl, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's well, done nothing to anyone. <laughs> uh, getting back to the, the plot, the thing that, this is where this movie, I think, you know, because we were watching it and Sally said that thing. It's like, it's really absurd. It's got a lot of high frenetic moments, but it's also got a lot of quiet moments that are devoted to the character. And so this whole opening really is, it summarizes Flint's journey. Like, I mean, his goals. His goal is to be accepted. People like him. And the only person who really understands him is his mom. And his mom gives him that lab coat, which is, not only is it a great thing, because it's kind of like, well, he's a nerd who loves <laughs> the lab coat. The, the lab coat symbolically shows up in this movie off and on. And it's that real, mo- like later on in that moment where his dad gives him the coat. Yeah. It's that moment. It's not just it's a moment of him giving him the coat. It's his dad channeling the mother. Yeah. I know it's dumb because it's like you think of this as a silly movie, but the reason it has so much weight is because it's actually really means something. And that's what this movie does. It it makes things mean something even when they're silly. Yeah. yeah. It, he's he's his mom was saying like I believe in you, mm-hmm. and when his dad gave him the coat, he's saying I believe in you, and that's all he ever wanted. Right. 
there was some thought put into it, and that's the difference between a clever movie and something stupid like Scary Movie Three or some shit. Right. Everything in this movie, as as even in this movie, everything in this movie has weight. Even the silly throwaway gags because they relate to something interesting. Right, and you don't always recognize it at first. No. Like when the, they show the, the, the master when they show all of his inventions, like his yeah. his In stuff about, that he's like, built. Half a minute, <laughs> right? The, the remote control TV that gets up and walks at you, so you can turn it on. Yeah, like kicks his dad and walks yeah, out. Yeah, and uh, the rat birds. The rat birds is the one you're right. It's least favorite because it's like, well, there's no scientific use for the rat birds. <laughs> Flying car. All right, it doesn't work, but it's kind of a cool idea. Right. A, a remote control TV that comes to you to change the channel. That's kind that's of cool. kind of a cool idea. But rat birds. Rat birds. That's some genetic engineering monstrosities. <laughs> That apparently can breed out of captivity. <laughs> that look really weird too. I and mean, every look, time you see them, they yeah. look they're like, ah! they're always like wall-eyed and and their wings are down near their, near their back butt. legs, yeah, like it's... near their butt. Yeah, it's like that's not stable at all. <laughs> they exploit these guys for comedy relief like five or six times. <laughs> yeah, and it always works. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the monkey translator. <laughs> monkey translator. Which, Which again ties into first, the plot. Yeah. Hungry, hungry, it's hungry. This is a lab assistant. <laughs> I also like that Neil Patrick Harris plays Steve the monkey. <laughs> and in the commentary track, they talk about they were like, yeah, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, one of the you know America's preeminent like gifted entertainers, and we made him do a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but he nails it. He's like Steve, yellow. <laughs> so there's the thing, and I love that like the backstory of the town. Like, the little town under the A <laughs> Atlantic. <laughs> like, that's a real thing. It was called Swallow Falls. I never saw any falls. No. They're, they're just hamming it up on how small and provincial right. it was. Yeah. Island yeah, this island town. That was made his fortune off sardines until the world realized sardines are super gross. <laughs> super gross. If the Ninja Turtles won't even eat them on a pizza, that's how you know they're gross. <laughs> And, uh, I like sardines. <laughs> I have no problem with sardines. And, uh, but I love the... Uh, so that's the thing. It opens with, he's, he's going to go and do that invention. He's doing his invention in the, his secret lab. Which I love that they show you when it's a little tiny one, when it's a tree fort. It's so cute. And then later on it's grown to this big sort of thing. But it's still basically a tree fort almost, just a more elaborate It's like a water it. tower yeah. when he's converted... But you have to get there through porta potties. Yeah, you know. Well, and somebody and half the stuff is there just kind of like because he feels like it's science fictiony, where he has like the fake, <laughs> yeah. boop, 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 boop. like the Simon game that's like the code, but it doesn't do anything. It just looks like <laughs> a radiation matrix. That's like right. He had plastic like, disco ball, right. like the metal bank vault door that was just painted on. Yeah, a, yeah. A that's sheet. like a cart a sheet. He just pulls it aside. That He's got all those the Tron lines. <laughs> yeah, the Tron lines on everything. The whole sequence is great. Yeah. And it says that, it's that running gag where he likes to say things he's doing. Yep. Thinking. And there's that line I love where he's like, Steve, can I count on you? And Steve has a chewing on a can and he's like, can. I knew I could. Knew it. And they're saying all this stuff. What's my favorite is initiating coffee break. He's <laughs> drinking coffee quietly. I love it. He's still got his childish exuberance. Yeah, well that's what makes him... Actually, one of my things, my, my mom after said after we watched this movie, he was just like, yeah, he reminded me a lot of you. Because <laughs> she's like, yep. I remember you're like 29 and you're like, you know, mom, I think I'm going to learn how to make balloon animals. And she goes, of course you would. <laughs> 
but yeah, I think that. So, so <laughs> she said that, and I was like, well, I, I take that as a compliment because I think that's what defines Flint is his 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 exuberance, his energy, which is both his greatest strength, but also his his. If we're gonna get you know classic here, his Greek tragedy, fatal flaw. <laughs> is that his over-eagerness can also be a problem. It's very optimistic. <laughs> Makes him lovable. So is, uh, he's making the uh, machine to turn water into food? Yes. By a radiation? <laughs> Which works by taking water into the top. <laughs> and then well, the food like, comes out right. of the bottom. I love that part where he's explaining it to Sam. <laughs> and she understands what it is, but then she's just kind of... Because she's still trying to pretend like she's dumb. She's like, oh... I mean, water goes on top, food comes out bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all kind of setting stuff up. It sets up the town. It sets up the characters. Yeah. Uh, it's setting up the premise, which we you don't know yet. I mean, how's it going to go? He's building the device. <laughs> and they and they set up the mayor. His whole issue with the mayor being played by Bruce Campbell, who's just... Brilliant. Like, like a great character design. Again, I'm going to borrow that thing. He's a real Darla Dimple. Yep. You. Yep. Because he's constantly like fooling everybody, but he's so clearly just out for himself. Right. Yep. He's he's, a, he's an adorable sociopath. He's, right. And he's small. He's a he's little guy deep. who wants to be big. That's right. Which is the the even that joke about like I want to be the big there's a big man, the biggest mayor. I want people to look at me and say there's a big mayor. That's right. <laughs> And there's that line I love, which is like, uh, they're all, instead of a small mayor of a small town full of losers and whatever. And then Brent's like, but not me. Oh, no, not you, Brent. Never you, Brent. And like, again, it's the, it, Bruce Campbell gives that great line, but also the animators do a great job on that guy's face of being like, kind of like the Darla Dimple face, where it's just like, it's, it just says everything. His disgust with everything in this world. Excellent design. So the mayor's trying to uh, attract attention to the town with <laughs> sardine a sardine-based theme park. <laughs> sardine land. <laughs> with attractions like a little sardine can the kids can get into. That's right. <laughs> and the world's large... Was it Chameau? I don't remember. Yeah, Chameau, the world's largest sardine, who's still tiny. Is this huge, that huge fishbowl with like a little tiny... And the, the ring of fire! I mean, to be fair, I would go to a sardine-themed theme park if I didn't have to eat sardines. And this has one of my favorite gags. Well, well first of all, we get to the part where he, he like Flint's hooking up the... 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 <laughs> Mr. T, Earl, Earl, like they, the way even the commentary they talk, they talk about that. Okay, the way he's designed is deliberately like he moves very like he's the closest thing they have in this movie to a superhero. They're like because we think Mr. T's a superhero, so of course Earl is a superhero, <laughs> absolutely a superhero. And and he's just like twitching and he's always, but he's kind of like a superhero with no real. Like, there's not really any crime apparently on this island too much, so he just mostly keeps an eye on. Yeah. On Flint. But then, like, there's that part where Flint's like, oh, look, a jaywalker. What? He, and he tackles the jaywalker. He tackles the guy. Police tackles him. Boom. It's another one of those, that's another one of those, like, laugh out loud things. Yeah. That come, I can't believe how frequently that happens in this movie. <laughs> well, and the whole Phil, bit. Phil Lord is the master. And the whole bit, and the and the whole bit with the. My comedy. Triggering, the triggering the, he's about to get the food device. Like, it, the Flirtermister, like, activated, and, and Earl is running over, like, running at him, because he's like, he knows he's up. He's like, oh, no, I got you, I got you. 
And he's like, he's almost his, ready. His he's about to tackle twitching. him. Yeah, and it's just like this long, it's like a nice long shot of him running, slowly getting closer. <laughs> he's about to tackle him. And then the Flutterminster flies <laughs> and Flint's like holding on to it. And it's just like, and this is also, this is, we forgot they mentioned Sam Sparks is in this too. They introduced Sam Sparks yeah. as the weather girl. <laughs> the perky intern at the weather station. Yeah, that's right. Who loves weather. <laughs> yep. And I love that like she's thinking... She's thinking, and Manny, her cameraman, and she's thinking about like how she's going to introduce herself, and she screws it up immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and then she gets hit in the face with the camera. That's right. And looks unattractive for half a second, and they're yeah. like, no, well, now she's embarrassed. No, done with her. But I do like when he's flying through the air, and it does do that slow motion thing right as he gets to his father. He passes his father. As he passes his father. And it's it's like, it's, it's, it's another really great example in this movie where it slows down, slows down for half a second. Unintentionally, you, for intentionally, for really good purpose, yeah. To take a second to be like, ugh, this, it's, remind you like, this, this, this movie's about the father-son relationship. Yeah. That's all you need is that yeah. like, two seconds of slow look, motion. Where they make eye contact and he's just like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then the Flodrimmerschiffer shoots off into space, into the sky. Stratosphere? Yeah, the stratosphere. And then they're like, thank God nothing happened. Look at you. I have found, never found you less attractive. Nerd. Ugh, you're being a real baby Brent right now. Oops. And I love, by the way, I love baby Brent as a character. Because we all know somebody, the idea of a character who's coasting on celebrity. But this guy is coasting on celebrity. I mean, he was a a mascot for sardines as a baby. Yeah, like, he's probably like 12, 18 months old, whatever. Did one commercial, and he's still getting chicks, though. You know, it's a big shot thing at the right time. And even the fact that he runs around that diaper. And I love the idea that, like, he runs around in that diaper, and people are impressed by him. He looks like an idiot, but it's also like... That's baby Brett. That's baby Brett. I don't know if you ever seen a. He'll do what he has to do. You ever seen King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters? It's a documentary about Donkey Kong and breaking the record on Donkey Kong, and it's a great documentary. I highly recommend it. But there's a part in it where a guy walks in, the the, the challenger walks into the arcade, they all the guys hang out, and he's playing Donkey Kong, and at first nobody knows who he is, and then people are like, "Oh, did you hear? That guy's here. That guy's here." And everyone's super excited. To show up and suddenly it's like, so he's not famous anywhere else and suddenly he's a famous person and it's got to be weird. I mean, it is weird. I'm, nobody knows who the hell I am except for like a few cases I go to certain places and suddenly it's like, oh, that's Ailey Martinez. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's much more likely to befriend somebody and they'll be like, I'll look you up and then later you're like, oh, you actually wrote books. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I love that baby Brent's kind of coasting on, like he goes anywhere else in the world, nobody gives a damn. Nobody cares. But here, he's, he's the cool guy in the diaper. He's the star of Swallow Falls. He's the star. He's the closest thing they have. <laughs> the town celebrity. He's a town celebrity. <laughs> so then, Sardine Land is destroyed in spectacular fashion in a series of great bits. They're rolling the kids up in the can. Yeah, to protect, <laughs> to protect them. Protect the children. My favorite part is the splash zone bit. Yes. So one guy sitting in the splash zone. But he doesn't get splashed, and everybody gets splashed, and he's upset. Like, come on! When I first saw this movie, that that made me laugh for like five minutes yep. straight. I well, the splash just... zone is just his one seat. <laughs> because it's just a sardine. Because it's for a sardine, right. 
I don't know. Here's the thing. Even if sardines splashed, how did they know it was going to go into just that spot? Practice. <laughs> the poor sardine. They had to train. Goes through the flaming hoop, and it's kind of happy, and then a rat bird gets it. So proud of himself. He's about to escape into the ocean. Well, to be fair, he peaked, so... There... No more for Shamo. Spashlone guy keeps showing up in the movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, it's always great. That's another thing about this movie is that like the townspeople are like recurring characters. Yeah. It's not a bunch of random people. You'll see the same people. Well, because it's such a small town, it and makes it's, sense. Yeah, it's such a small town. You know. Oh, and after the the destruction of Sardine World, Sardine Land, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's another quiet moment where he's Flint is looking out through the the fish ladder. Tank. Yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, looking yeah. out through the fish tank. And all the people are just yelling at him. And then and they turn around every, and disgust. Yeah, and every character is doing something differently. And mm-hmm. they turn around and disgust, and his dad is just standing right there looking at him. And Flint's like, oh, I, f- I mean, you just see on his face. <laughs> That's why the animation is so good. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, just like, I fucked up again. Well, and it's that thing where he, he goes to the dock, and he's sitting there, like, at his lowest moment. And Sam shows up. And she throws the microphone. Remember, was it like you only get one shot at the big shit? Yeah. Then you're back to cleaning barometers or something? Yeah, yep. And this is, and I know this is my favorite thing I say, this is their oh. meat cute. It is. Yes, where she, like, he, have it. where she heals him in the eyeball. Yes. Like, that's a moment that's... That's just cartoony slaps. I, it is, it is. Where, where she, but this part, and this is what I love, again, I know it's dumb, but I get really frustrated when, like, people love each other in movies or books or TV shows just because they're attractive. I like it when people <laughs> like each other because they're cool people. And that part where she's she's like, yeah, she thinks, of course she's cute. She's like, but he doesn't care. But when she's like, are these, what are these shoes? Spray on shoes? <laughs> and then she starts talking she's about like, it. This will solve the, the untied shoe epidemic. And he's just like, ah. <laughs> and it's that great moment. Like, like his... It's just a big moment. Great it, yeah. it is probably like the first time since his mom that somebody has gotten him. Like, got him. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's something to base their relationship on other than yeah. proximity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because it could be throw, so throwaway, but... And so often, I mean, like, you know, it's like the cliche of Cinderella. What's what's Cinderella got for him? Well, she's kind of hot. <laughs> you know? Like, in the original story, it's kind of like... what he's, he, he's not like he's struck by her. He's struck by her because she starts showing... Like, things that she gets they have in common. Yeah, uh, she's talking about things that nobody else in a small town is nobody else, he's, he's, shares with them. Right. That's when the food starts coming. The, <laughs> which is great. This is a great sequence. <laughs> All the sequence is great. Not only is it, like, actually genuinely thrilling, it's delightfully funny. It is. All the characters have that moment where they turn around <laughs> and their eyes get big and the pink light casts over them. And you're like, what are they looking at? It's the gas tank. Yeah. yeah. And somehow it just keeps getting flat. It, 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 it goes longer and longer. It's like at first it's just, oh. <laughs> then Earl is in his car. He literally rolls down his window before he gasps. And then Flint is gasping so long that he's almost out of breath. <laughs> it's a great shot. And it's one of the things I love about this movie, and I said it is, it's a great disaster movie. You it know, is. it's it's yeah. goofy and funny. But these shots are built on those disaster movie tropes. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. done in a funny way, but it's still the same thing. <laughs> and the food coming down and 
And he's like, hey, aren't you a weather girl? Oh, my God. <laughs> She's like, this is the most amazing meteorological event in history. And he's like, aren't you a weather girl? She's like, ah! She's like, Manny! <laughs> I mean, you know, if there was one thing that could bring you back from the brink of being unattractive for half a second, <laughs> it would be cheeseburgers raining from the sky. This is when she starts making the food weather puns. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You, you may have seen a meteor shower, but you've never seen a shower meteor than this. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, what, a single layer cheeseburger? I mean, give me a double patty. Come on. That was that was really tortured. No. It's the only burgers raining from the sky. Wow. I, you're, already, you're already jaded. You're, you're really jaded. By... I have a new least favorite thing. <laughs> Maybe your least favorite thing about Cloudy should have been everything. <laughs> Naysayers gotta say nay. <laughs> so that's when they, the mayor, and this is the beginning of the, the foreshadowing with the mayor because he's eating. Eating. Immediately, just eating too much. This is gonna be big. <laughs> that's right. And he's just like downs like five cheeseburgers. He's popping them like. Like right. Skittles, yeah. you know. He's and that's the thing where he comes and he convinces, you know, because Flint wants to help people and he's trying to save this this town. So it's a great. It's him preying on Flint's. Yeah, he immediately gloms onto Flint. Right, <laughs> which again, I don't talk about it a lot, but like the motivations for all these characters all make sense. Mm-hmm. Like for such a silly movie, like the mayor's clearly defined as an ambitious Darla Dimple who <laughs> wants whatever he can get, and this is his chance, and so he plays on Flint's. Desire to do the same thing in a benevolent way, and it works really well. Right. This is the first chance that Flint has to, you know, go back and forth on, oh, maybe I should shut it down. <laughs> Not sure what this is going to do. <laughs> and the mayor, of course, talks him into <laughs> making more food because, you know, it's going to put the town on the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's his chance to save the town. That's when they cut to the sequence of the, the sunshine, lollipop, and all the food rang down. <laughs> And they kind of do the montage. This is where they have the part about like there's food left in the streets. So Flint builds the food to push away. What's it called? Food away or food away or something like, like that. that. It scoops all the food and just shoots it where they can't see it anymore. Yeah, it's a little bit of a metaphor for ecological disaster. Yeah, it literally. This is actually a metaphor a for global bit. warming, right? Your climate change, right here. Catapults it. Put that over there. We won't we see. We will it. deal with that later or not. Where nobody has to look at it. <laughs> I think in here somewhere he, he has this like danger meter. Yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, yes. yep. It's got like a green, yellow, and red section. Was, like, was, well, this this will keep track of how unstable the food. What is. happens if the food goes unstable? <laughs> like, oh, well, that'll never happen. Oh, never happen. Whatever. That is definitely going to happen. <laughs> That's like every disaster movie. Every disaster movie. There's literally, by the way, there's literally a movie called Geostorm coming out with Gerard Butler. <laughs> the future, slight in the future, they have machines that control the weather and somehow they go haywire and, and people are starting to be attacked by weather. It's a movie. It's a mainstream movie coming out, which is fine. Could be good. I enjoyed Cloudy. Maybe I, want, maybe I, I like killer weather movies. I don't I, know. I, I, I love killer weather movies. <laughs> But I'm just saying, the guy who was like, hey, maybe we should breed tornadoes with sharks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sounds crazy, but it worked. Um, I've never seen the movie. Well, there's a scene in here where um, Flint's setting up to send food commands to the, the machine like yeah. he did it on purpose. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Sam's in his lap. That's right. <laughs> and he has to distract her with an internet video. <laughs> 
<laughs> this cat like this. Fight the power. Fight the power. <laughs> I can't believe I'm watching this for three hours. <laughs> and there's this great. There's this also this great gag I like where he's like, she's like talking about the machine, and then she's embarrassed because she realizes she's trying to hide he's smart, and he's embarrassed because he's like, she's like, oh, that's why you shot it off into the stratosphere. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> they just kind of walk away from each other. You must never learn my secret. <laughs> then there's some setup in the middle here where Flint's on top of the world. <laughs> right, it's that thing. It's his, it's his high point. He's starting to feel like he's accomplished a lot. Which he has accomplished a lot, but he's yeah. also... He, he's just, if he kind of stopped at a certain point, it'd be okay, but his, his, his weak fatal flaws come again. Well, yeah, he, he has accomplished a lot, and he's getting all the accolades from... The external sources, he's getting them from the townspeople and the mayor, Sam. You know the one person he's not getting it from? His dad. Wah, 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 wah. And himself. And, well, yeah. can't fill that void. He can't, <laughs> he can't fill it. His, his dad recognizes that he and play God. <laughs> <laughs> he recognizes the stakes might be a little too big. Yeah. <laughs> that may be... This unregulated food storm they've got above keeps their coming. might turn out bad somehow. Right. And that's this rift between him and his dad, you yeah. know, uh, which is, thing about them is that they just can't communicate with each other, which is really easy to understand because that's the, the rift they have between them. The the fact that they're, the, the basically the mom was the was bridge. Was the translator, yeah. The bridge between them. Yeah. Right. And it's another one of these things that's like the Lego movie, really explicit. Because they use fishing metaphors as a proxy for them being unable to communicate. Right. And he's just like, Dad, Because his I dad don't. only ever says things to him and you, you gotta cast your line. Yeah, when your, bo- when your boat is listing. And this is the moment like where he's, uh, he's upset because he's upset because like there's that moment where he's upset that his dad doesn't, doesn't get it. Doesn't get it. I'm using air quotes again. I like to do that on the podcast. I, I think they can hear them. Okay. <laughs> There'll be a new sound. Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> 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 it may cover up whatever you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to say what I'm saying in air quote. Swoosh. Swoosh. All right. Uh, Next time you air quote, I'll, I'll make the noise. But. Let's practice. And it's this quiet moment. <laughs> this quiet moment where he's like shucked about. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, where he's walking down. He's feeling down because he's not getting that, what he needs. But he also starts realizing maybe his dad is right. <laughs> That's a big hot dog. And he starts noticing <laughs> all the giant hot dogs. Oh, I love the, the roofless, like, upscale oh, yeah. restaurants. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the other, the other bit I love. <laughs> the bit, was it Bibbs? Is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just Bibbs. Yeah, yeah. It, like, uh, that's one of the great things about this movie, and that I think is, I'm going to go on a tangent, is underrated about, like, a lot of animated movies is that, like, nothing just happens in an animated right. movie. Like, it has it. to be planned and, illust- <laughs> and thought about and illustrated. And so, yeah, just kind of like a, like a throwaway background. Like, there's so many storefronts in this mm-hmm. in this small town that are just, like, throwaway gags, but they're all hilarious. And this one is, uh, it's just bibs. And, it, like, behind him, it's, it's, like, three pictures of, like, hot guys wearing bibs, <laughs> a la Abercrombie and Fitch, you know? <laughs> And not much else. And not much else. <laughs> well, they're wearing their six packs, so, you know. I also mentioned one of my other favorite gags that we skipped, but is the, uh, it makes anything food you can think of. Hamburgers? Yes. Hot dogs? Yes. Donuts? Yes. And it keeps going, he's like, is it a food? Okay, that's a food. It's a food. And she's just like, okay, that's food. And I love that. But nothing named brand. Mm. 
But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so then he goes and decides that, figures out, there's our warning that the food is unstable <laughs> and that it's getting out of control. He needs to shut it down a little bit. And then the mayor shows this up. Is, this is where the mayor comes in and <laughs> takes things to the next level. And I love that, like, he's in the, the he's so fat, he's in the chair. But yeah. I love it because uh, it's a great around. image because yeah. it makes him seem sinister. It's like those guys you see in like fantasy movies where they kind of float around. That's what he is. He's yeah, that. Yeah. It just has a just because he's always constantly like floating in and out of the shadows, right? Yeah. Like he's far more mobile than he should be. Right. All the transitions where he's saying stuff to Flynn and it's like echo, echo, and it's just him saying it in his ear. <laughs> well, there's that close up of Flynn's face, and he's just like he's comes just... over on one side. <laughs> And then faster than he can, he pulls away on the other side, and he's on the other side. <laughs> he's some kind of tempting spirit. And again, it's so over the top. I think I think that he he really knew something about himself. Like the bigger he got, the more powerful right. he'd become. And, and the animation is great, and the metaphor, uh, the the voice <laughs> acting is great. I mean, everything. Like I love, like the mayor's sort of sinister face. Like he's sort of tempting, and Flint's Flint's sort of like. My, Wide open face, you know. I'm just saying. I just love that. But yeah, it's just like one more. Her town depends on you, right? So he he convinces Flynn to keep going, even though the foods become even though very the, the large. meter is getting to the red. Well, tomorrow's the grand opening of the town, the right. grand reopening. They've, they've scheduled a new uh, festival or something. It's going to be tourists. There's going to be all these boats coming in. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the thing that saves the town. I mean, the mayor the mayor is being selfish because at some point he should be like, oh, you know, the safety of people is kind of important. But, but he doesn't care. But he doesn't And to be he fair, doesn't really he doesn't care. care. Yeah. He, right. He doesn't understand the science anyway. <laughs> I mean, we could argue, I mean, that's just human nature. I mean, I don't understand the how many either, people... I mean, it's even like, you know, as weird as it is to say, you know, we need, like, clean water. And someone's like, oh, I don't need to worry about that. I can just get as much coal as I want. Well, you know there's environmental problems with everything. Everything we do has an environment, right? Even making solar power has, panels has environmental impact. And people spend their whole life just kind of like, no, it's like we're not going to deal with that. Right. And he, he exploits uh, Flint's desire for acceptance. Right. Yeah. To get what he wants. Like a real Darla Temple. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's playing with him. And he's just indifferent. He's indifferent because he just wants his own success, and that's all he wants. Yeah. Oh, then we forgot the great scene with uh, Flint and Sam in the Jello Palace. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. <laughs> right. So Flint sets up a date with Sam. Essentially, I'm sorry, an activity. An activity. <laughs> <laughs> Him calling her was great too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's doing that same thing where he's announcing everything yeah. he's doing. <laughs> Motivating calling. <laughs> Dialing? Hang up. The Jello Palace is great. So he he set up this <laughs> a palace made out of jello <laughs> that they yes. go into. It's orange jello. It's got like statues with her face on it. <laughs> she's like she's like There's that great shot too of like yeah, where it's like like isn't this awesome? And it cuts to like the exit, even though you can just walk right through the jello. But it's got the exit sign. And you're like Oh, she's going to think about escaping, but instead it's like, no, it's great. And she starts having fun in the Jell-O palace with him. She's like, when did you do this? He's like, oh, I didn't, uh, like, late at night, create all the Jell-O, scoop it up from the town and bring it here and put it into a custom-made Jell-O mold that I made or anything. And that's when she's looking at the eggs and like, this is awesome! <laughs> and there's a, there's a Venus de Milo with your face. and uh, Michelangelo's Michael David, David with your with face. With your face. <laughs> And this is where we learn Sam's backstory about being a smart kid. Was that 
headline. They taunted me with songs. It wasn't even clever. Four eyes, four eyes, you need glasses to see. <laughs> and then they cut to Flint and he's laughing. He's laughing. Was that real? Because she's like, I was a nerd too. <laughs> you get a look on Flint's face too. <laughs> ah, I love this movie because it, it does. It does those jokes. It does not. It doesn't like frame them or anything. You either get it or you don't. That's why you should watch this movie seventeen times. Well, and I love and I love the idea that Flint like he's clearly a nerd, but he doesn't know he's a nerd, and I like that about it. Yeah, and then she puts um, she's short sighted. Oh, <laughs> <that's true. laughs> she puts her glasses on. They cut to this. Like blurry, blurry, like kind, of of hunky. kind of hunky, kind of hunky, like a of chin. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets her glasses on. She's like, Ugh. <laughs> he's like, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> he he convinces Sam to embrace her nerdy side. <laughs> right. Put on the scrunchie. Put on glasses. Put on her jello glasses. A scrunchie is kind of optional, but I do think you should wear your glasses if you need to see. It. I agree. Or learn how to do contacts. They have contacts in this world. We know because Earl put a contact. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Properly, too, you know. This contact is you. Yeah. My eye is my eye. <laughs> I got my eye on oh, you. you. <laughs> <laughs> even pulls the lower lid down properly. This is the, uh, you know, one of the things we're, that's important, and one of the things they do, uh, I think Miller does, but, uh, like, the Lego movie does it, too, and the Lego Batman movie does it, and most good stories do it, which is that sort of up and down. This movie has that, because... The down is sort of like he starts realizing the food is kind of mutating, and then the up is kind of like, oh, but I want to be a big man. I want to be successful. <laughs> and then we have that moment where he's he's kind of conflicted because he's Sam. They're going to do the opening ceremonies, and Sam, it's like everybody's there. It's all exciting. Sam's kind of like, oh my, her he got her that weather thing. Her, and, yeah, the Doppler. I mean, the Doppler thing. Is, yeah, it's not working properly. She found and she can't get it to work. I mean, she's like, there's a big storm coming, and he's just like, can't you be happy for me? And it's this great. Spectacle. This, I mean, it's a great. Like, I think it's disgusting to eat food from the ground <laughs> and the nacho cheese fountain bath. Uh, but damn it, it looks spectacular. Yes. It looks amazing. It looks luxurious. Yes. <laughs> and there's that great shot of him looking out on the crowd, and there's just all these people because he's done something amazing. He's done something amazing. He's like, all these people are finally appreciating. Like all my hard work, and I did something. I helped people. Yeah. And the transition, it's always instant, but really smooth. Right, because. And I think it's because it started building, like, before right. that moment hits for other characters. Well, they're giving you the hints, and they also are great at doing the transition, like, because he cuts the ribbon. This is what Brent loses the scissors. Which does remind me of my other joke. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. so many jokes in this movie, but we're like, he's running through Sardine Land, remember? He's like, I shouldn't be running with these! And he's got the diaper on, too, so it makes it even more like he's a kid running with scissors. <laughs> he cuts the ribbon, Flint cuts the ribbon, and then immediately the music gets all quiet <laughs> and scary. It gets dark. And the storm comes, and it looks it looks a lot like the original storm, but instead of being those rainbow, like, hamburger clouds, <laughs> it's the dark chicken bone clouds... <laughs> Ominous. They're looming on the horizon. Right. It looks. It looks. It looks terrifying. <laughs> and then the spaghetti tornado, which is one of the greatest, I think, because the way the spaghetti twirls. Oh my god! It spins like there's an invisible fork. The invisible fork of God. That's right. <laughs> I, I think it's it's a climax that they've been building up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the food starts to look more menacing. Yeah. As they go through the movie slowly, and I think it. There's a, a small peak before that in the roofless restaurant 
Yeah. Where the steak's just falling out of the sky. And they're breaking the plates. And they're breaking the well, plates. Well, at first, people are, you know, they're yeah. catching the steak, and yeah. everybody's having a good time, and yeah. then stuff starts breaking. <laughs> and people are kind of oblivious to it. Because they're so excited. They've been eating sardines for 20 years or whatever. Because, like, his dad is like, this is a large steak. And he's like, like his dad is common sense to be like, this This seems the like voice a of reason. Thing. And his influence like, well, not all steaks are going to, some steaks are going to be bigger than others, dad. They're not going to be uniform. <laughs> Like, that was what his dad was asking about. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the sort of thing, like, when you, you're you so geared up to hear criticism from somebody, that that's all you Well, because hear. you're so eager for the approval, yeah. too. Right. I, you know, I don't He's have been that. willfully blind yeah. to what's right. going on. Because it, it satisfies... What do you what do you think he what's what he thinks he wants in this life? And I know this is dumb because again, this is such a silly movie in principle. But a reason I love it, besides the fact that it's really funny and I think it's got some great sequences, is the basics of writing are just solid throughout this. Yeah, the yeah. through line of the plot, the characterization, it never buries the plot in the jokes. The jokes are all tied to it. The scenes are all tied to it. Even. And all the characters have like motivations that make sense, even when it's absurd. Even the mayor who becomes a cartoon, he's like, I mean, he's a, such a cartoon character. And, you know, I would argue a little bit, Catstone Dance has that same thing, which I love about it, is the characters have sensible motivations. Yeah, they live in an absurd universe, but they're not absurd. Nobody suddenly does anything for no real reason that you can tell. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even baby Brent, he's an idiot, but he's an idiot with purpose. Even yes. at the end where he's... Trying to come along on the adventure. Yeah. He still wants to be in the spotlight. He, right. Well, I mean... He does, but, like, I think he did, like, skimming ahead a little bit, but he does have that moment where he yells, I'm contributing to society, you know, or he's battling all the headless chickens, which really freaks me out, by the way. The goat, the roasted chickens. Oh, my god, Those are very monster. That's very monster. that scene. They're like zombies. That but scene. They don't have heads. So, anyway. So, yeah, so the spaghetti tornado comes. And Flint runs over and he's going to fix it. He's going to stop it from happening. So he runs through the spaghetti tornado and all the cool stuff happens. He loses his jacket, which is important. Yeah. He's, yeah. That's the, like, he's upset about that. <laughs> his lab coat. And then he gets in there and the mayor is messing with everything. Because the mayor, again, is oblivious. He doesn't care as long as he gets what he wants. <laughs> and he's like, what did, what did you order? A uh, Vegas-style buffet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Flint's trying to turn it off. Right, and this is the point where the mayor just outright... He's just like, you know what, I don't care what you want. Physically right. restraining Flint from right. messing with his machine. Right, the, this is where the mayor has become outright villainous, as opposed to he could kind of justify his behavior. But now he's like, he doesn't care. It's like it's like that Eddie Arcadian turn. I'm just going to always refer to the movies we were talking about. Eddie Arcadian in Last Dragon, there's that villain broke down moment where he's like, I don't care anymore, I just want this now. Yeah. And that's what the mayor... And where's the line? Whatever it takes. Right. And it's like, Flint's trying to disable it. And he's just like, nice to beat you. That's a radish. That's a radish. And he screws it up. And I love that he screws it up and he knows he screws it up. Like, he screws up the machine. And the mayor's immediate instinct is like, uh, well, I'm just going to escape now. Like, like, he has no responsibilities for his people that he's endangered. So they've uploaded the the mother of all. Food, weather events, That's I guess. Right. I don't know. And the machine's destroyed. <laughs> there's only one way they gotta go with the so, kill command. So there's a, a bit here where, again, it's a low point for Flint. Yeah. <laughs> and he's throwing himself away in the garbage can. <laughs> That's right. With his other failed inventions, including his spray-on shoes. Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful moment. He's and holding up his inventions going, this is junk. This is junk. 
He points to himself. This is John. This is John. <laughs> and his dad's there. His dad's trying to coax him out of the garbage, you know, with fishing metaphors. And, and that's the when it's raining. <laughs> yeah. You put on a coat. And he holds up the lab coat, which is great. It's great. Yeah. I, I always feel like, I'm like, it's a great moment in this story. Because it's that moment again that his dad is expressing confidence in him. And the mom was there too. We got a moment. Like it matters a lot. And then, so when Flint suddenly gets inspired, like maybe I can solve this, it doesn't seem out of nowhere. It seems like he's. It makes sense where the inspiration comes from. Yeah. Right. He he believes in himself. Mm-hmm. And because uh, his dad supports him. Right. And his mom always believed in him. So he puts together a new flying car. <laughs> this time, with wings. <laughs> <laughs> And then he drives around town knocking over phone po- telephone poles, but that's the least of their worries. Yeah. And this, th- they managed to introduce a new character. <laughs> the the cameraman Maybe. doesn't really said much yeah. up to yeah, this yeah. point. <laughs> and he walks up. They're asking around for um, a doctor. A doctor. Was it Nate? Is the kid's name Cal? Cal. Cal. Sorry, Nate. Yeah, Cal. Cal. Cal's been, in a food coma because he wants junk food. He's been he's been playing in the the unsupervised children's candy land. <laughs> He's in a food coma. <laughs> There's a bit in there where he just is jumping around going, I'm jelly beans for tea. <laughs> His eyes are all blinking out and out and out. <laughs> Flint shows up. And I love that while he's giving, they're talking, this whole scene, the food's like flaying in the background, smashing stuff. <laughs> And like he's like, I can fix this. And all the people, let's get him. And he runs back in his car. And the one guy's like, let's rock his car. Let's rock his car. He's like, look, guys, don't worry about it. I can fix this. And the mayor just drives by with like a giant donut. And he's like, get him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> deflect. That's right. That's right. He's a real Darla Dimple. And he's just, that's who he is, man. And and then, and then I, I do like Mr. T. Uh, Earl is the only sensible one. Right. He's like, look, we're all a part of this. <laughs> Yeah, he might have set the table, but we ordered the we we made the menu or something yeah. like that. He made the food, but it was made to order. That's right. <laughs> He's like, if he comes out there, I'm going to slap him. That's right, and he does. <laughs> so Sam, Manny, Steve, the monkey, Steve the monkey, who's and important, Baby Brent, and Baby Brent. Baby Brent's like, I'm going to go with you. And then he's like, oh, there's not really room in the car. And then you cut to him, and he's in the back, and Flint's just like, Ugh. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> So, and Flint is driving. He's driving the car. Uh, I, I do think this is, they missed one opportunity, which is they missed the uh, Armageddon opportunity where you have every slow motion walk toward to, the camera as they're getting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's too predictable. Yes, no. Maybe, sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, you always have that moment. I don't, I don't want to mess with Cloudy. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, a masterpiece. It, it, it is. It's hard to argue. I mean... Like, even as we're talking about it, I'm like, well, we could go back and talk about this one scene. We can talk about this. There's so <laughs> we much. We didn't even happening. talk about the ice cream. Ice cream <laughs> snow day. <laughs> Which, by the way. <laughs> by the way, I totally like that scene, partly because you know, there's a part where he's got the, like, the Neapolitan ice cream. Yes. And the one kid gets in the strawberry. I'm that kid. I love the strawberry. Vanilla is full of kids. Chocolate's full of kids. That one kid's like, I love strawberries. Because that's the joke. Yeah. And so they go off on their mission to destroy the Fleur de Mercer. The Fleur de Mercer. I love the, again, it's very Death Star, but it's like very, like the Giants meatball Death Star. 
that is created around itself. They fly by in the pizza. Which is great. That's a great bit where the pizza, like, pizza breaks off, like, with a mechanical sound and starts chasing them. Like, seek and destroy drones. That's right. Protecting the hive. That's right. They're intelligent. They become self-aware. Sentient food. (laughs) It's almost as if there's material here for a sequel. No. No. (laughs) So they find the exhaust port. (laughs) That's right. One of many. Well, there's a big one on the top. That's where water goes in. That's where the water goes in. It was a straight shot. All they had to do was fall. And baby Brent's like, what can I do to help? They're like, you are the president of the back seat. And he's like, aww. So Brent screws the whole thing up. Right. But he screws it up with purpose because he's trying to help. He's trying to help. Yeah, so they're falling and he falls on top of them and knocks them into a side tunnel. So now they have to trek through this cavern of haunted food. <laughs> it almost turns into a different movie at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because the food was... <laughs> this is the first sentient food we were in. Well, and then there's like the that great shot of the marshmallow he puts on the toothpick, giant toothpick. <laughs> he lights it on fire like a torch. And then they have to cross the, the molten field of fry oil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is great. And yeah. then there's the scene... That's the great scene... Where his dad, he's got to get his dad to email him something. <laughs> and his dad does well, not. Well, he's got the kill code on a USB stick. But he lost that. He, he's like, it would be terrible if we lost this and it flies out the window. <laughs> oh, no. I also like uh, that uh, he's he's trying to avoid all the food flying going back. And then Manny's like, do you do you want me to fly? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he does, it, he does some loop-de-loops and he's like, oh, you're a much better pilot than me. That's right. <laughs> There's a bit before they leave where Manny goes, I'm also a particle physicist. <laughs> They're like, really? No. <laughs> I'm also but a comedian. <laughs> I'm a part-time comedian. And we laugh and laugh because that's a great <laughs> joke. <laughs> anyway. they get. Uh... <laughs> well, I just love the sequence where they're crossing. I love the sequence where they're crossing the trial. He's trying to talk his dad into doing the thing. Drag the mouse across the window, Dad. Window? <laughs> the desktop. Mm. <laughs> and he just knocks everything onto the floor, and it culminates in that great like moment where he's on top of like chicken nugget or something like that. And he's just like, you know what, Dad? And he just starts hitting his head on the phone. They didn't do anything. Of course it did. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing that's got to be so frustrating is that he's so scientifically minded, and his dad is so down to earth. Like they just don't have. Anything to right. talk about. They have a bridge. This is difficult. And, uh, well, because there was even a point earlier in the movie he even been offered to bring his dad to his lab to show him how to make the food. And his dad's like, no. Right. He's intimidated by it. He's intimidated by it. Word. <laughs> and then we get the, the scary roasted chicken attack. Oh, my God. That's the one part about this movie that is like I find just super disturbing. Because if you think about it, wait, 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 wait. Real roasted chickens were alive? And then they're butchered and cooked, and they don't have heads, and that's fine. We eat them. But these chickens are mutated food. So wait, wait, wait. It put you off chicken? It put me off chicken. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yes. You're disturbed by the fact that this chicken was never had to be killed. I guess. That's what you're saying? Is like, you're like, normally when you're eating chicken, you're like. He, you're it the- was created alive and sentient with no feathers, no feet, no head, and no innards. That sounds like a nightmarish existence to me. <laughs> they seem pretty happy. 
It's know. disturbing when he eats Brent. Probably, <laughs> probably not Brent. the one Whoa, that gets possessed by Brent. <laughs> he is possessed by Brent. There's a minute where you think Brent might be dead. <laughs> well, there's, but there's nothing inside of the chicken to digest him, so, you know. <laughs> but then he becomes Chicken Brent. He's Chicken Brent, and he loses the diaper. That's right, because he's evolved to and the then, next stage. And then you were like, he's in there buck naked. Perfect. <laughs> His junk is rubbing on the inside of that chicken. You cannot eat that chicken now. This is very explicit. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a weird place now. <laughs> I've thought about those chickens too much. <laughs> so they have to lure... Jeez, I hope you don't have nightmares. <laughs> Not anymore, mostly over it. So they have to lure, there's the deadly cavern of peanut brittle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, as it was earlier in the movie, they bonded over a mutual peanut allergy that Flint lied about. Right. One thing I will say about the lobster, <laughs> which I watched the other day. <laughs> okay, okay. Everybody, the, the basis of relationships in, this, in the lobster are that people have the same affliction or talent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So one guy's short-sighted, and he's looking for a girl that's short-sighted. Because <laughs> that's just the entire basis of every relationship in that movie. Because he, But he can't yeah. find her because he can't see her? No, no, no that's not I the mean, way that movie is. We can talk about the lobster and some other podcasts. Yeah, lobster's <laughs> a very weird movie. But, cause, but it's he's like, short-sighted. Because he's like, but he has that question, was it like, she's uh, like, you thought... It's you, a little bit of them. You, yeah, we got it. <laughs> We understood. <laughs> Did you, Alex? Your your lame little joke is not going to confuse us compared to. We just watched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. We're on a whole other comedy level here. <laughs> I'm not a professional, so what do I know? <laughs> oh wait, I'm only a consumer I... with no children and disposable income. Okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, Sally Growling. I know humor. I do no. like pander to me. Well, you know, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. Because <laughs> she's so excited. <laughs> we can't see her. Cut this out. <laughs> oh, no. Now, I was going to cut it out, but now that you, you laughing at your own lame-ass joke. <laughs> Mostly laughing at how awkward it is now. <laughs> Podcast is gonna be two hours long. Well, this one's so far. We're not too long so far. No, uh, on average, this is uh, one of the shorter ones. Yeah, we're, we're probably shorter. Well, if Sally makes another joke, it'll be. Yeah, well, we can't do that. Plus twenty minutes. So they lower it. I, I love the uh, the line. Are you okay there? I love the line. You, you thought having an allergy would make you more attractive? <laughs> he just gets that thing where he's like, ooh. <laughs> Because, like, it's too hard to explain. <laughs> oh, so she's lowering him down on a licorice rope. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, gets uh, poked by the peanut by brittle. Peanut brittle. <laughs> Immediately starts swelling up. Yeah, well, that can happen really quick. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Anaphylactic shock is no joke. Yeah, and I just love, like, immediately <laughs> her arm and her face starts swelling. <laughs> and her cheeks swell up. She's like, I'm not going to lose you. He's like, you have to. But I, just, I really like you. I'm not going to lose you. And he's like, as a friend? And she's like, no, I really like like you. I like like you. And he's like, I like like 
I feel the same way, but about you. <laughs> it's a recurring line. And then he does the heroic thing. Right. Bites by, by the, the licorice. <laughs> Chink and Brent carries Sam back off to the, the side <laughs> we, exit. Gotta get, you, gotta get you to Dr. Manny to fix your face. The medicine for your face. <laughs> she touched a peanut or something. <laughs> He understands enough. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's fine. Uh, there's a great scene in here with uh, Max. Max? The monkey? Uh, uh, Steve. 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 Versus the gummy bears. I got that wrong. Because <laughs> you're thinking about Darla Dimple, that's why. Yeah, oh, yeah, Max. It is. That's exactly why. Uh, but there's gummy bears attacking the wings like the, the gremlins from yeah. Twilight Zone. Yeah. So he goes out there and has a kung fu fight with gummy That's bears. Right. And I love that they sort of play with the idea that like, they're monsters because the one gummy bear, like, after he's beaten most of them, is coming up with like, its headless body. And it grabs a different colored gummy bear head and sticks it up. And I'm like, well, it's a gummy bear. Of course he can do that. Yeah. I love that there's like logic to all the food in this movie. Like, even when the food's attacking the different landmarks. Yeah. Like the Eiffel Tower, it's a giant sandwich that it kind of picks on there. Or the China, it's... A fortune cookie, even though Chinese fortune cookies aren't Chinese, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> well, the the, the flurgo go blurgo. The blurgo. England's being attacked by the uh, hot tea. <laughs> They're like running around screaming, but also trying to collect hot tea. I did like that they got a pie gag in there. <laughs> they got a what? Uh, the pie gag. The, oh yeah. Uh, oh, for the rush. Yeah, that's right. Rush that's right. Yep. And was it like an unusual? You gotta have a pie gag. That's right. And unusual. The weather is attacking all the landmarks before spreading out. <laughs> Spreading to the rest of the world. <laughs> so then we have Flint facing off against the Fleur de Marmar. Yeah, the big final fight. <laughs> Which is pretty good. It's a pretty good sequence. It's a pretty good boss fight. I love the first the first um, part where the machine finds him and shouts, Corn! <laughs> she's shoots corn at him. Because I forgot about the goofy announcer voice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he installed intentionally on it. Yes, it's like it's always like cord. So he managed to sneak up on it, and um, at this point, his dad has successfully emailed him a file. A file <laughs> that's supposed to be the kill code. <laughs> it turns out to be that internet video of the cat. If the cat fight the power, fight the power. Dad. <laughs> oh, it's such a great callback. I did not think the first time I saw it. I did not imagine they'd get the video in there again. Well, you know, and there's something to be said. One of the reasons I, I think this movie respects the audience intelligence is it, is, it assumes you're paying attention. Because yeah. there's no... That's that gag at the beginning and then later on it shows up. But it's not like... It's suspected. Well, it's not that long ago. It was the beginning of the movie. You can remember that long ago. Yeah. But it doesn't have to like... It just does it naturally. It, did, it didn't do a stupid flashback. Yeah. Right. And it helps that the first bit was a good bit. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. If, it, you're, if it's rememberable, then, and, right. then it'll make it be memorable. I think I said this off, off mic, but uh, it felt like Rus- Russian nesting dolls of callbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the first thing that he invents <laughs> is the what he thing. uses to destroy the machine. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And that's uh, the, and it's also that callback to like when it's raining, when it's raining, put on a coat. Yeah, his dad's fishing <laughs> metaphor. Shoes. Yeah, finally helped. And I do like that scene where he puts on the sprays on the and the, the things all backed up. Which, by the way, you're I'm you were scared by the giant chickens. Yeah, I was scared by the giant food vagina. <laughs> yeah, I just want that on record. That the food a... sphincter, the food sphincter, was more scary to me. Because it, it really wasn't a vagina. It's more of a sphincter. It wasn't pretty, that's for sure. It's like this big thing that's just like, like when he's hanging down there over it, 
and it's open like it's way opening. to expel the food destruction on the world. And it's yeah, it's, and it's waving at him. Right, but like that's horrific. The animation on this is brilliant. You're sitting there going like, "Ooh, chickens!" I'm like, "What about the food sphincter?" Well, you know, also like, Baby Brent. Every time he ripped off his shirt, his like man boobs would jiggle. Like <laughs> the animation on this oh, yeah, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, parts of that last bit got like surprisingly dark. Yeah, <laughs> the sentient food. So then they blow up. But it blows up itself. Right. He's the blocked thing. the... Uh, the sphincter. The sphincter. <laughs> With the spray-on shoes, which, as we know, are indestructible. That's right. You can't get rid of those. <laughs> nope. They have to breathe a little bit, though, or else his feet would have well, run off. they have to run with his feet, too. Yeah. Well, it's, I, it's I'm not stretchy. questioning the physics yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, stop, stop thinking about the science. <laughs> and then there's that moment, like, it's funny, and I like this moment because it's like he does it, and he's falling away, and he's kind of like... He's got a moment of peace. He's like, "Well, I'm I'm probably gonna die, but I've stopped this this problem." <laughs> and I know it's not quite the same as the Iron Giant flying into that nuke, which gets me every friggin' time. But that's that same thing where it's just like he's done something and he's like, "Okay, I, I fixed my mistake," and that's so that's cool. I Redemption. like that sequence. Yeah, and then the the food storm dissipating is really good. <laughs> just like immediately <laughs> turned off because hmm? it was magic. And everybody cheers. Science magic. Science magic. Hmm. When will be, when will the Earth be destroyed? Twenty minutes. Just before that. We'll meet, we'll meet up just before that. <laughs> so then we get the uh, Duex Machina rat birds. Like, except they're not really because they've been they've been foreshadowed. They've been enough. there the whole yeah. They even established that they can carry people away. So it's not oh, that's even... true. They did. They did do that. Like one rat bird carried a child, so twenty rat birds could carry a full grown adult right. easily. And I love that they kind of know because like they all because that's the same thing when he's flying to destroy the thing and like he does thumbs up. Remember he's, they take he thumbs off. up to the rat birds and the rat birds were like, like they're oh. like his wingmen. Yeah. Oh man, the boss is calling in his favor. So. And like the bird, the rat birds put him down, and they all kind of circle around him and like caw at him, like they know, and they like we're now we're even, yeah, and they fly. Off. Thank you for our, our tortured existence. The rat birds seem very happy. They You're do. the one. I know. Them. He that rat bird was really enjoying his cheese. That's right. They seem very happy. They're probably just like, look at all these giant hot dogs. This is delicious. <laughs> it's a rat bird paradise. It's another invention they reference at the beginning of the movie, and it seems not like important throughout the yeah, whole movie. Yeah. And then they, they say Flint. And yeah. you're like, yeah. I see it all now. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern's coming alive. <laughs> and then and then there's a nice speech about the Flint and Flint and his dad trying to relate, but they can't. But then she puts the translator on him. <laughs> it's a really nice speech. Yeah. Well, by the way, his dad, I think, was voiced by James Caan, if I remember right. Great actor, James Caan. Oh. And I think, and it's just a great, again, it's really, really I know it's done, but it's really well animated because he doesn't change his face very much. But what he's saying, he's matching, his face is matching kind of what he's saying about, like, you know, you're an amazing person and I'm really glad to have you in my life and all that. It's just a great, it's a great moment. And just remember next time, if, if I, the fishing metaphor, it just means I love you or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's great. Very sweet ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they just have the uh, wrap up with all the, with the mayor slowly sinking to the ocean because he ate his, <laughs> his, his fish. His, he ate his getaway boat. His getaway boat. <laughs> we didn't even talk about, Earl escaping the food avalanche. Oh. I mean, there's so much in this movie. There's just no time to talk about. <laughs> oh it. my god, the Earl scene is fantastic. <laughs> well, because he's he is he's the island superhero. 
Or like, yeah, I love it because he picks up his son. By the he head. throws it, throws him to his wife, <laughs> who catches it, and then he's picking up the boat and running. And she's she's using a candy cane to, to bat, bat away, like, food falling at him. And then later uses the candy cane to pick him up, That's throw right. him up, to get him on the boat. Well, and there's that part where, if you notice, when he jumps through the giant nacho yeah. chip, it actually has a T that he forms. Uh-huh. Because he's Mr. T. Because he's Mr. T. The chip is the best part. Of the that yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like that part where you have to throw the sandwich over and slide under the banana. Yep. The chip made me just set up and go, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's that thing. You're watching these, like you watch a disaster movie and you're, there's always that thing where it's like, yeah. yeah. It's so ridiculous. But I'm like, I know he's not going to die. This is not that kind of movie. But I'm still like, oh no, the chip. And then you're like, fuck. <laughs> He's like, no, it's, it's like, yeah. No, sir, not today. Not today. <laughs> oh, man. So that's the movie. <laughs> and so much more. I mean, we could talk about this for probably another hour if we really did. I mean, it's a yep. it's a great movie. It's just, a, I think, fundamentally, I think it's just really well written. written. I think it's got great design. And, you know, and I would even argue, if people have trouble with writing, I'm like, you know, understand that characters drive the story and their goals. And it's it's all about that. And and it really works just on, as ridiculous as this movie is, it works on that level so beautifully. It does, because it, I mean, it really uses, this is my new favorite word, juxtaposition to highlight the different moments in mm-hmm. the movie, where it'll be like crazy action scene with food falling everywhere, and, and bright and colorful, and the next one, the color tones down a little bit, gets really quiet, the characters have moments without even saying words. They don't say how they feel. Right. You know, you can tell how they feel, mm-hmm. and that's that's really good writing. Yeah, it's a very well-paced movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. These Pace transitions you're talking about are just, they're so quick. Yeah. <laughs> and natural. But they yeah. feel, yeah, they feel good, though. Right, and they have no scene, like, the highs and lows, they get their point across, and then they transition to the next the next higher low. I think part of that's, there's a dualism to the story where, um, like, some characters are giving portents of, of what's mm-hmm. about to come up. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily main characters, but yeah, you know, there's there's some signs that there's about to be a transition, right? Well, yeah, yeah, they they you definitely get the heads up, and also we know it's a disaster movie, so we not we do expect things, but yeah, there's like oh, little sure. things. There's all the time. It's like <laughs> which is good. It's the foreshadowing, like you're right, like the the meter with the yellow <laughs> yeah. or the 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 food. <laughs> they, they focus on the meter ominously. As yeah, it takes over. He like he like where Flint hits it and it goes back a little bit, <laughs> and then Steve hits it and it goes back. <laughs> Or like where she's got the the, the weather Doppler, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" But none of it's overdone. Not at all. It doesn't. It's, it's it, so well paced. It knows you're paying attention. I I know it's 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 such an important aspect. This movie does as silly as it is. It respects your intelligence. Yeah. It yeah. never once is like, "Did you catch that?" <laughs> no, I caught that. I know what's going on. So I think we all love the shit out of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I hope is you watched it, it before the spoiler. Is break. it? The favorite movie we've done on this podcast? I don't know, but it is it is a great movie. It might be my favorite of all the ones we've done so far. Um, in the sense that I really think this movie doesn't really need to be saved other than the fact that people haven't necessarily paid attention to it enough. Or think of it as like this sort of little silly movie. But otherwise, <laughs> it's it's a really just solid... Like, we were talking about like that. Speed Racer is a great movie. It just needs some editing. Yeah. Um, Deep Blue Sea is a fun movie. It's not, it's not great. Underappreciated. Right, it's underappreciated. 
You know, so many of these movies, like I think Anaconda is not great, but it's good and it gets maligned a lot. But this movie is just, people like it and they still don't like it enough for the right reasons. <laughs> well, I think, I think it, it's, it suffers from the same thing that all animated movies do uh, suffer from, which is like adults are unwilling to appreciate it or pay even pay enough attention to it because it's for kids. Well, and it looks, again, it doesn't help that it looks silly. Yeah, it is. It's, it is a silly concept. It's a very silly concept. Yeah. It's a very thoughtfully well done and masterfully executed. Yeah. But I mean, if you're if you're unwilling to even go in with an open mind, if you're just like, "It's for kids," I'm just going to bring the kids to it, and I'm going to check out yeah. mentally and not even pay attention. To right, this. or I'll just laugh at a few silly bits. It'll be silly. It's going to be a silly movie. It's impossible to have be a thoughtful movie too. Right. Yeah. Wake um, up, sheeple. Wake up. <laughs> wake up, sheeple. <laughs> the reptiloids. The reptiloids don't want you to appreciate Cloudy. Animation is a medium, not a genre. <laughs> There we go. We're sharing catchphrases now. <laughs> I guess that'll wrap up. Yeah. Are we good? Any final uh, thoughts? Since we're not sure when you'll be back on the podcast, Sally. Yeah. Okay. You, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Bring all of your friends into your home, <laughs> preferably, preferably strangers, and sit down uh, to a Vegas-style buffet Enjoy the shit out of this movie because it's really good. <laughs> you will not regret owning it because you can watch it 40 times and still see new that's things. Right, that's right. Some giant hot dogs. Some giant hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've watched this like seven times, ten times. I don't know how many times. And there was a joke I caught that I hadn't <laughs> caught. Like, where like they talk about the, where they're talking about China. Like, they're, it's going to destroy China. And they're, and it's, but you see England and it's one guy, Chinese guy in the background who goes, oh. <gasps> <laughs> I think there was one I hadn't caught where um, the the food's like breaking store windows and one guy runs in and grabs the TV. Yeah, you haven't seen that one before? And then the TV comes in and grabs <laughs> a guy. And yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and then he's there. He's the guy sitting there on top of the TV while Flint's giving his little speech. Yeah. Yeah. The guy did not seem upset to be kidnapped just, by a TV. There's just so much in this movie. It's great. Next up, my pick is going to be uh, Cast a Deadly Spell. Done by HBO original movie, um, done years ago. I think it's from the eighties. Uh, might be late, early nineties, but I'm not sure. Starring Fred Ward. It's uh, it's. I feel like it's urban fantasy before urban fantasy became a thing. Mm. Um, it's 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 a noir story set in like the forties, I think, and uh, it just has a world where magic has come back, and it's just part of the world, and everyone kind of. It's like a time saving device people use. <laughs> It's really interesting. Like, it's just got a great aesthetic. And, and people, everyone's like, oh, it just makes things easier now. Like, at one point, someone lights a cigarette. I think someone lights a cigarette with a finger. Like, just a cop does it. And uh, and our hero is just like, you too? He's like, yeah, it just makes things easier now. <laughs> and I just love it. And it's got some really cool magic. It's got some really cool, like, and I love noir stuff. I love gangsters. I love detective fiction. So it's, it, it fits together really well. Sounds fun. Yeah, it's really cool. I will say it's a movie so obscure that I have not heard of it. <laughs> That was the best ones. Which is surprising. <laughs> so until then... One day I'm going to find a movie you've never heard of. No. No, you won't. Oh, nope. yes, I will. Nope. <laughs> well, you never know. I look forward to that day. All right, and so until then, he's Scott. He's Lee. And she was Sally. Hi. <laughs> I mean, bye. And, and we we've saved, the saved the movies. movie. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Super Mario Brothers movie episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want me to be a regular, we're going to do a Super Mario Brothers movie episode. <laughs>
Well, <laughs> we'll see. Non-negotiable. <laughs> Some levels. Testing levels when you Do get some here. level testing. Make sure oh. it's... Is it, oh. Are you using the right microphone? Okay, you are. Of course I'm using sure. the right microphone. I'm just making sure. What is this, amateur hour? <laughs> check. Check. Check, check. Don't you sigh at us. All right. Let's check, Sally. Say, say something. Something. Say so a few more things. Okay, it's fine. I always think I sound really weird on these things. But that's what everybody says. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, you'll, you'll get used to it. Okay, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Check, check, I don't have to check, listen to myself. Check, 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 check. Check, check.